Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from San Diego, California. Welcome to the show, Zachary Jensen. Hey, good to be here. Well, great to have you here. Now, Zach, you come from the tech industry, kind of like myself, and pivoted into the world of real estate investing. I'm excited to have this conversation because you've taken a very non-traditional career path. Uh, But before we do, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Absolutely, Victor. So thanks for having me on. So hey, everyone, I'm Zach. I am the owner and uh, manager at TaxWise Financial Services. We're an accounting firm that does tax prep and advisory for real estate investors. Uh, didn't start out that way. I was originally an engineer, worked at waste management as the lead iOS engineer, software engineer. So not a hard engineer like you, Victor, right? So, <laughs> you know, got to give the engineers, real engineers credit. Um, but started making a very high W-2 and being in California, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the tax code and high W-2 don't, don't exactly play very nicely together. So I started looking for strategies to offset my W-2 income, uh, maybe find some ways to kind of take the heat off and did a lot of research and found that after only a few months of research, I was actually teaching accountants uh, that I was talking with a thing or two. So there's a lot of information out there uh, that's perhaps misguided and got so obsessed with this years later, ended up acquiring a tax prep and accounting firm. That's what TaxWise is today. Uh, and we've got six great accountants that know way more than me, but it's just amazing kind of this world that uh, tax prep and advisory is. So uh, that's a little bit about my background. I love that. I mean, there's no prescribed pathway into this business at all, is there? I mean, uh, one of the things that, so it's not just tax prep and accounting, you're act, you're an active real estate investor. I think one of the things that I'd love to dive a little deeper into is this notion, because a lot of folks that come into real estate from another profession, doctors, lawyers, dentists, and there's significant advantage, uh, whether it is for a cost seg or you know bonus depreciation, things like that, there's a significant advantage to being classified as that real estate professional, even if that might not have been where your career started. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's a, it's kind of a hot area right now. Absolutely. So during that journey of trying to find places to offset my W-2, the topic of real estate inevitably comes up uh, for most people. And it certainly did for me very early on. Now, I invested in a lot of syndications. Currently, I'm in nine different syndication projects. Now, the losses generated from these syndication projects are classified as passive activities. So real estate professional, the beauty of this status, and we can dive deeper into it in, in a moment here, but the overview and why we even care to begin with is that real estate professional status allows us to reclassify these rental activities that we're a part of from passive to the active bucket. And going back to my original goal we talked about earlier, how do I reduce my active income, my W-2 income, my business income uh, on my tax return? Depreciation can can really knock that out, but it's locked away here in this passive bucket. The real estate professional status moves that to the active bucket. So you can see the power of the strategy and why folks care so much about it. But in this world of real estate professional, there's a lot of misconceptions, uh, a lot of kind of ill information out there. Uh, being given away from licensed tax CPAs, uh, accountants. Uh, but fortunately, real estate professional 
you know, most people think it's a loophole. It's not. It's actually very highly litigated. Thankfully, we have a lot of court cases of our brothers and sisters that have gone before us uh, and gotten audited. And then we've seen the results of these audits. So real estate professional status is actually quite clear once you really start digging into it. So it's not just go take a bunch of courses and get a certificate on the wall or something like that. Uh, there's there's more to it than that, right? Oh, absolutely. So you, you mentioned kind of uh, or allude to this common misconception about real estate professional status. So to kind of brush over it very briefly, real estate professional status, the way we achieve this is we have to pass two tests. Number one, we need to pass 750 hour test and more time in real estate than anything else. So if you have a W-2, there's only one court case I know of where someone with a W-2 was able to qualify as real estate pro. And it was a very specific example. He had witnesses like it was not something. It, this is not something you want to do if you have a W-2. Let me be very clear about that. So 750 hour test and more than anything else. If you have a W-2, likely not going to pass an audit if you get audited. Uh, let's just get that out of the way right away. Um, the second test is the material participation test. There's seven ways you can pass this test, but the main three that we care about are as follows. And I'll kind of rank them as far as difficulty. Number one, doing all the work yourself. So think of you, you own a fourplex, you do the plumbing yourself, the maintenance, the cleaning yourself, right? You're doing all the work on the property, substantially all is the specific term for it. That test, most of the investors on this call probably don't want to go for. The more exciting tests are the two and three, uh, which are number one, materially participating 100 hours or more than anyone else. So a little bit about that is, let's say I have, uh, you know, I'm managing the property, but I don't do the maintenance myself. I have someone for that, or I don't do the cleaning and the kind of churn of the units myself. I have folks for that. Um, as long as I'm documenting their time and I'm documenting my time, this is a very key point for listeners to to know. You have to document this time uh, to pass an audit. If you do get audited, um, you can pass that. And as long as you're spending 100 hours or more than anyone else, and more than anyone else, you're good. That test doesn't usually work well with partners because if you have a partner, you tell that person to do 100 hours and then you do 101. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because only one person can qualify for that test on that particular property. The one that matters most for folks who have partners is the 500-hour test, where it's just a flat 500 hours of material participation. To define material participation for folks listening, because this is a very important caveat, material participation, we interpret it as, and this is a very conservative interpretation, but I, I really strongly advise you to take it, is any sort of operations integral to the business. Meaning, if I wasn't doing these activities, would my real estate still perform at the level it is, right? So another myth about the real estate professional status we see a lot are the education and research hours uh, we were talking about before this call, right? So uh, a lot of people will try to qualify as real estate <laughs> professional status by you know, taking some courses, maybe going to a seminar, maybe flying out to the property, uh, reviewing financials, managing the property manager in quotes, right? All of these things without substantial material participation that I just mentioned grouped together will have you uh, fail the audit. So uh, just a, a few misconceptions here. You can tell I get fired up about this because there's so many uh, misconceptions out there. 
So to be clear, you need to pass one of these criteria. It's, it's an or, not an and, correct? So to clarify, we have two tests. You need to pass both of them. The first test is 750 hours of material participation and more than any other work-related activity. Two is that material participation test we talked about earlier with the three options to pass it. And it's not in addition. So let me clarify, 750 hours, 500 of those material participation hours, let's say, for the second test can double dip for the purposes of these tests. Got it. So that falls within as part of the 750. And and is that material participation confined to a single property or can that be aggregate and spread over multiple properties? Right. So, so here's where we start getting into more advanced strategies. So there is something under 469G, there's this dash nine election, which your accountant should know about. And it allows you to aggregate all of your real estate activity. So you can, for the purposes of real estate professional, claim all of your rental activities as one single activity. Now, the reason we'd want to do this is let's say I own a multifamily building and I have another multifamily building. Well, if we didn't do this dash nine election, you have to pass that material participation test for both properties even if you're a real estate professional, right? Because the purpose of real estate professional to reiterate is to turn our rental activities that would normally be classified as passive into active income so we can then take advantage of the cost seg and depreciation strategy. So we're getting a little more advanced. One thing I would like to kind of back up and clarify, because this is important for a lot of folks, the real estate professional status is 750 hours in a real property trader business. So if you're a real estate broker, you're a real estate agent, those 750 hours can be achieved in that business. You just need to also do the 500 or the 100 more than anyone else or the all the work yourself. But if you, let's say your business is a landlord, right? You're a landlord and you manage your own properties, those hours can double dip. So we've seen issues where folks think because they've got a real estate license or they're a broker that they just automatically qualify. That is not the case. Unfortunately, you still need to pass that material participation test. Um, a more advanced strategy, which we've seen, which is actually quite interesting, is we have, let's say, a husband and wife. And the husband works in tech, right? And the wife, she's a real estate agent. And she loves staging homes. She loves selling homes. She loves connecting buyers and sellers. She's fabulous at that. But she doesn't want to be a landlord at all. She doesn't want to deal with the you know headaches, toilets, and tenants type uh, drama that happens when you're a landlord. Now, since they're filing jointly for the purposes of real estate professional, the first test, 750 hours and more than anyone else, has to be passed by one of the spouses. But we've seen that the second test can be passed by either or. So you could, as the W-2 husband, really interested in real estate, doing all the research, go and manage the properties and, and pass that second test on behalf of the material, uh, you know, the filing jointly tax return. And then your wife can qualify as real estate pro. So I know we're kind of getting into the weeds here, but that's uh, the kind of what makes this show valuable, right? Is the things that you're not going to, you're not going to hear every day. So, well, and let's be clear. 
we're not here to provide tax advice. I mean, certainly yeah. nobody <laughs> listening to a podcast should should all of a sudden make decisions based on something they heard on the internet. And right. <laughs> neither of us are accountants. You own an accounting firm, so you're closer to that than I am, but neither of us are accountants. Yeah. And so uh, we're not here to provide tax advice, but at least arm you with the questions to ask your own tax advisor uh, so that you uh, hire, you can ask better questions than you might otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- again, this is not legal tax advice. You know, if we're just two friends on the internet chatting, th- like you said, having these questions and knowing what to ask and having strategies available to you allows you to kind of go deeper into the weeds. A lot of people hear about real estate professional status, have a surface level understanding, and then just try to go for it without really truly understanding how the passive activity loss rules work. Like you can get yourself into big trouble and, you know, pay back taxes and have to go to court. There's like a whole interview, the IRS inter it's it's not some it's not fun, people. Like we do not want this to happen. Right. We need to stay above board here. And these strategies that we're talking about here on this podcast allow you to do that. The last thing I'll say on it is you need to keep a diligent time log no matter what you're doing with the uh, no matter what material participation test you're going for keep a time log uh you know we recommend a you know just excel sheet you got the date you've got a description of what you've done don't copy and paste descriptions over and over of like oh you know managing property managing property managing property for weeks and weeks and weeks right the uh, IRS and during audits have have thrown that type of log out uh, if you don't make a log and you do get audited, the IRS does not look favorably on you if you're going to then have to come up with the audit dur- or the log during the audit, right? Uh, you know, I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast this month, let alone what I was doing or today, let alone what I was doing last month, right, for my real estate activities. So keep a diligent log, make sure it's accurate, and uh, the IRS will will treat you fairly. So. Love it. Well, Zach, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Absolutely. Yeah. You can go to taxwisecorp.com, fill out the contact us form. If you want to work with us, we're still taking on a few more clients for the 2023 tax year, uh, but that's, that's filling up pretty quick. Or you can email me, Zach at taxwisecorp.com. Any questions you got, I'm happy to help. Love it. Well, Zach, very interesting conversation. Uh, We went deep on one particular element, but it's an important one. And so for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Zach Jensen at taxwisecorp.com. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.